You're listening to Around Comics, episode 100. Comics, a roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and back with us is the co-host of the show, Mr. Tom Caters. 100 evenings lost. It's only like 55, 60. We no, because I can't go out on Saturday nights either, because I'm still recovering from talking about <laughs> comic books. <laughs> yes, this is our, our 100th episode, and, and Sal's not here. That's fine. It's anticlimactic because the thing with podcasts is uh, no one can stop you. Like you could do a show for yourself. I, you know, I have a podcast running in my head that's been going for five thousand episodes. <laughs> Good lord, that's a crazy <laughs> long time. Every, every, when I'm in, the, it's called the shower cast. <laughs> well, well, as I just said, Sal's not here. He's he's uh, off uh, watching his, I believe, niece graduate from ISU. ISU. Yes, with um, a long distance. Scope. He's he's like <laughs> two miles away, <laughs> down in a beautiful Bloomington Normal. We don't know if it's Bloomington yeah, or Normal. Bloom Vegas, we called it. You uh, 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 filling it fill, fun town. <laughs> filling in, filling in for Sal and keeping his seat warm is a longtime listener and a return guest, Mr. Scotty Young. Welcome to Thunderdome. Who rules Border Town? <laughs> yeah, folks, it's going to be one of those episodes. Uh, Scotty, didn't uh, you spent some time in Bloomington? Yeah, I lived. Uh, I actually was born in and grew up outside of Bloomington in a town called Fairberry. What? <laughs> Do something. Uh, Funberry, we called it. Uh, and then uh, I moved away for years and traveled the globe. Not really Tennessee, but uh, and I went then, to Tennessee and then I returned, having found what I needed, yes. <laughs> and returned to Bloomington Normal. I just lived. I moved to Bloomington for a year before I moved to Chicago and um, met my uh, girlfriend Casey there, and we've been together eight long years ever since. I love your face, honey. I have to. I have to. Why like she's that. ever gonna listen to this? She does. She listens to everything I'm on. Really? Yeah, because I go and I make her. <laughs> wow. Listen now. She critiques it. You should have said your ands a little louder. <laughs> well, we do have another guest on today's episode. It is the uh, writer of the recently released Minx original graphic novel, The Plain Janes. It is uh, Cecil Castellucci, which is uh, a perfect time to uh, tell you about our sponsor today, Tom. This episode of Round Comics is sponsored by Borders. When art attacks strike a small town, like only four high school girls could be responsible. Get your copy of The Plain Janes by Cecil Castellucci and Jim Rugg at your local Borders. Borders is your home for the newest graphic novels. Find a store near you at borderstores.com or use the store locator that we have posted at aroundcomics.com. Yes, absolutely. You'll hear all about the Plain Janes and our upcoming discussion with uh, with Cecil. Uh, but I want sick of it. <laughs> I want to remind everyone that Around Comics is recorded every Friday at 7 o'clock at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles. It's located at 4835 Northwest Western Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by. We would love to meet you. And uh, this is Sal speaking. I love Ed Brubaker. 
Invaders. Your round comics experience isn't complete until you've read this week's Long Box of Love. Each Thursday episode of Around Comics has a wonderfully handcrafted web comic from Brian Bowles. Check it out every Thursday at www.aroundcomics.com. I do have to say I take umbrage with the term recorded. I prefer to think of it as captured. Yeah, I would say. Because there's I would so say many ropes. ideas in the air. Yeah. Like a rainbow. And like a ne- these microphones only capture maybe 1% of what's going on here. Yes. The Lassoed. other 99% is everyone staring at the Madame Mirage poster. <laughs> well, folks, it, it, it's, been a, it's been a little while since we ran a contest at Around Comics, but we've got a great one uh, coming up for you. It is our Be a Hero contest. Uh, Hero, if you don't know, which if you are a listener of the show, you should already be very familiar. They are a charitable organization that benefits veteran creators that are in need of financial assistance. So it is a great charity. And we are trying to help them out and tie it into a contest. The rules are simple. All you have to do is make a donation by visiting www.heroinitiative.org. Then send us an email telling us that you did so at hero at aroundcomics.com. Um, everyone that makes a donation and emails us is entered into a drawing that will take place at the end of June. The contest is being sponsored by InStockTrades.com, and they have agreed to give us $100 in gift certificates, good for anything that InStockTrades.com carries. In addition to a $50 gift certificate to the winner, they will receive a prize pack, including a one-of-a-kind hardcover edition of Jeffrey Brown's I'm Going to Be Small. Jeffrey has not only signed, but has done a fantastic two-page illustration on the inside cover of the book. You'll also receive Scotty Young's uh, hardcover sketchbook with a one-of-a-kind Scotty Young uh, sketch in the back. You get a phone call from me. I yeah. think what we should do is we should put everyone's name in a hat, no matter how many people it is. Pick... You have your top three, and they win. They win their prizes, and yeah. then you just keep picking the last person. I will call and tell them you came in dead last. Yeah, yeah. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> you <And> loser! <laughs> you lost. You are the biggest loser. <laughs> well, that, that you uh, will get that. Anytime we get involved with Hero, it seems like creators kind of come out of the woodwork and start sending us stuff. So I would expect this prize pack to grow and improve each week. So uh, so keep checking back each week. To, I think I have a. Lo- I think. Um, Mike Norton is going to donate. He just cut all his hair off. I think you <laughs> can get a, a you can get a bag of Mike Norton hair. Okay, the, to one of the for the prize pack. DC exclusive hair. Yeah, DC exclusive Mike Norton hair. Ba- bago Mike Norton DC exclusive hair. <laughs> I well, think that, it has special powers. Well, maybe that'll be our, our third place uh, prize because uh, second place uh, will receive a $50 gift certificate to InStockTrades.com. My personal uh, goal is that we have 50 people donate $10 to Hero. That's $500. That will make a difference in someone's life. So uh, let's uh, get to it, folks. Go do something good and uh, help Hero and hopefully win something fun. Have fun. Right. Yes, have a good time. Have fun with donating money. Do do that. Well, speaking of having fun, I, I think we should probably move on to our main topic. DC's introduction of the new Minx line has signaled their dedication to attracting young readers, and more accurately, young female readers, to Western-style comics. Traditionally the playground of manga, Minx titles such as The Plain Janes hope to expand the comics medium to appeal to a wider audience. Today we're joined by the author of not only The Plain Janes, but also the young adult novels Boy Proof, 
Proof, The Queen of Cool, and the just-released Beige. Around Comics is happy to welcome writer, director, performance artist, and indie rocker Cecil Castellucci. Cecil, welcome to the show, and thank you for being on Around Comics. Thank you very much. No one told us to stop. That's the only reason. That's the great thing about podcasting. <laughs> well, well, Cecil. First of all, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to talk with us. You've had a, you a pretty a pretty big week. It's been it's been a banner week. Yes. It's uh, not not only uh, the Plain Janes, which we'll talk about in just a couple minutes, but you also had your third novel, Beige, came out on was it Monday? Yeah, it came out on Tuesday, May eighth. Oh, okay. This past Tuesday. Um, well, before we start talking about your work on the Plain Janes and, and the Minx line, uh, you're known primarily as a young adult author, and uh, Beige is your third novel. So can you tell us a little bit about your background as a young adult novelist? Sure. Um, I write, um, young adult is uh, for 12 and up. My books are 14 and up because they're a little racier. And, um, <laughs> Some 13 uh, the first book that I wrote was a book called Boy Proof, and that was, I think, one of the reasons why, um, you know, Shelley Bond and, um, you know, uh, DC were um, excited about having me uh, write a graphic novel. It's about a girl who's obsessed with a post-apocalyptic science fiction film and dresses up as the main character every day to go to school, and she loves comic books. So she's got, like, her own poll list and goes to the comic book store every Wednesday and stuff. So, um, so that was that book. And, um, and then I had the book called The Queen of Cool, and which was about a popular girl who um, gets a science internship at the zoo. And then my newest novel, Beige, is about a girl who um, has to come to Los Angeles to live with her estranged dad um, for two weeks. And he's nicknamed The Rat, and he's the most infamous punk rock drummer in a band that never made it out of Los Angeles, and she hates music. And so it's the story of her summer with her dad that she doesn't really understand the whole punk world. So that's um, that's that. Well, you're covering the three basic stories. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. Young women go you just blew my mind, Cecil. <laughs> <laughs> if you heard a little poof, don't worry. It was just my mind blowing. Well, what it. <laughs> well, whenever you mention the young female girl that has the poll list at the comic shop, it mm-hmm. basically clued us in that this is fiction. <laughs> but sometimes girls are a little bit sneaky with the poll list. I mean, like, I never had a poll list, but I had a brother who had one. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I just read all of his comic books. Okay. Interesting. Now, uh, speaking of comic books, I, I've, I've... I draw them. <laughs> <laughs> And, and Scotty makes sure that everybody knows. I'm a genius. Did you did you grow up as a comic book fan? I sure did. Um, yeah, I mean, I um, you know started off uh, uh, pretty early being in love with Batman. What girl isn't? Mm-hmm. I invited him to my fourth birthday party, dressed up as Batman. I think when I was five years old. But everybody thought I was Batgirl, you know. So like I'd knock on the doors and say trick or treat, and everyone would be like, Oh, it's so cute, you're Batgirl, and I'd be like, God. Damn it! I'm Batman. Okay, so uh, growing up as a comic fan, and uh, I'm I'm sure at some point you obviously decided that you're going to be a writer. Did you did you always have the intention of writing comic books, or is is the Plain Jane's just a project that came out of nowhere? Well, you know, I I never had the act 
his intention of writing comic books. It was sort of a, a, a weird um, secret dream of mine that, you know, but like I always thought like, well, I wouldn't even know how to go about doing that. You know, like I don't, I don't know anybody that does that. I don't know, you know, I would go to the Vertigo page and I would look at the submission guidelines and then I'd be like, oh, it's too complicated and I, I can't figure it out. And I didn't know how to do it and it, it seemed like a, a, I didn't know any, but I didn't have any sort of guidelines on how to do it. I, I couldn't figure it out. And um, But I always liked comic books, and I always thought that they would be really, really fun to write. And um, and then um, Shelly was starting the Minx line, and she was sort of looking around for, I think she was looking around for um, YA writers, and she asked a friend of mine, and uh, uh, my friend and I were at lunch, and she told me, oh, yeah, you know, Vertigo, called me and they were interested in maybe asking me if I wanted to write a comic book or something and I was like no I don't I don't do that I don't I don't want to do that and um and I like you know peed my pants with excitement that Vertigo had called her and um and then a couple months later I got an email from Shelly and she said that my friend had passed her my name and you know was I interested in perhaps talking about you know maybe doing a graphic novel and then she called me and I was like I have four ideas <laughs> I'm ready <laughs> was it so. a tough transition from the novel to the uh, comic book? Mm-hmm. It was a tough transition because, um, you know, in in a, um, I'm very used to doing things where you know there's sort of fluidity and movement. And when you're writing a novel, you've got a lot of words where you can describe a lot of action, and that's how you move the narrative forward. But when you're writing a comic book, um, I was very, I felt very um, boxed in, no pun intended, or I guess mm -hmm. pun intended, by the panels. Um, I couldn't, I, I couldn't make the switch of how to move the action forward. You know, it was very difficult for me to visualize how what I was writing was going to turn into a. a picture on the page and, and whether or not that was going to make sense and people would be able to follow the story that I was trying to tell. And um, I really have to credit Jim Rugg, who um, drew the Plain Jane, because he had, I'd written like seven pages of the script and he drew those first seven pages. And, you know, once I saw those thumbnails and I saw how my like random like panel one would look like this once he drew it, I was like, oh, right. Okay, I get it now. Um, so that was really cool. And then also, you know, I read um, Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud, mm -hmm. and that was very helpful and awesome. And then um, uh, I got to read some Fable scripts, you know, um, from script to thumbnail to ballooning to final issue. And that really helped me to understand sort of the entire process. So you're going to do it again, or is this it? Hell yeah! They love me! <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. she's very humble. Yeah. <laughs> well, your your introduction your introduction into comics was with uh, an, an original graphic novel. Would you would you make the uh, another leap and go to a, a single issue series? Would, would you be able to make the transition from do, uh, what the Punjans is what 160 some odd pages yeah. to doing a 22 page book? Don't do it, Cecil. Stick to the OG. Um, you know, I really think, I think as a writer or as an artist, and I'm sure Scotty can back me up on this, is that you want to stretch yourself and you want to do things that are challenging and interesting and new and daring. And I think it would be completely terrifying to write a monthly series, but at the same time, it gives me a boner, you know? Like, it's so exciting, the idea of serializing a story, that I'd love to try it. 
Actually, Scotty always tells us that he tries to get away with doing as little amount of yeah, work I don't as know, possible. I don't know what this word challenge means. <laughs> uh, pa- yeah, the path of least resistance. Doing, like, all splash pages, no panels. I don't, even do th- I don't even do that, baby. I break it down to like three panels per page, silhouette. It's all eyeballs. It's, it's all, all eyeballs yeah. and shadows. It's a close-up to an eyeball, pan back to a wide... Sc- and, I, and I go, I'm trying to go for scope. Right? Just a horizon with a little silhouette. It's, it's like Lord of the Rings, baby. Big scopey type images. That's what happens. So, Cecil, I think you know who you don't want to get paired up with on your next project. I'm just kidding. I love a challenge. Uh, no, I, I actually think that... Um, I'm actually jealous of you because you got your your first uh, time in comics. You you got to just go straight into doing an OGN, which is, I think, something a lot of us would rather. I don't want to say a lot of us. That that was a complete generalization. But you don't I start made don't up. start on like a backup story of like a second tier book or well, something. Well, I never did that. I went straight to the big time. <laughs> no, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, it, after a while, it does get hard to. Um, Keep a keep attached to a book, you know that is going 22 pages. Because 22, 22 is such an odd, weird number. It's to all me. in the printing, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. All that's right. It's, it's just a it's a weird number to tell a story in visually yeah. and, and writing wise. So uh, I would I would actually love to be in uh, you know switch roles with you. You can come do the monthly, and I'll I'll do the OG. And I think uh, you're just to let you know if if there's nothing you can contrast it with, you you're very lucky to get to do that. Because I know that it's sort of like a very, very like strange way to sort of enter into this community of comic book writing. Um, but that said, like I, you know, I, I think what's really interesting about a 22-page, you know, comic book or a monthly series is the opportunity. Like you know how in the old days, you know, like Charles Dickens, like when he wrote like you know Great Expectations and all those books, like it was serialized. It was you know wasn't written in a. Um, you know, as a novel, it was written as a story that continued every single week. 22 pages at a time? Pardon? Was it 22 pages at a time? Yes. <laughs> Unequivocally, yes. Yeah, yeah. Always, every time. Hands down. But it's the same idea, don't you think? Kind of? Um, like, he didn't know. I mean, like, once you write, once you write, like, something in issue one, then, then you know, when you get to issue whatever, like, 30, you're like, oh, shit, I still have to do that because I wrote that in issue 12, right? Sure. Yeah. If you're on it for 30 issues. Yeah, yeah, which rarely happens anymore. Right, exactly. Well, I'm sort of interested in you know, talking about page count of a, like a, a, a monthly book. When you start working on something like these uh, these Minx line books, were you presented with sort of like a length of a story that they wanted you to tell, or was it just sort of generated just from whatever you pitched and sort of the story that you had? Was there like a, a format that they wanted these books to be in lengthwise? Uh, my page count was 144 pages, and I think I went two page, or three pages over that. I think I think my story come, clocks in at 146 or 147. Um, so I tried. <laughs> well, I. I, I I think one of the one of the nice things about the Minx books is that they keep you to that page count because they put previews of other Minx books in there to get the get the readers to to keep coming back and buying right. from that line. So yeah, I think and I think that's really really cool. Well, it, one one of the interesting things about the Plain Janes is that you you didn't have anyone's wake to follow in. Yours is the First Minx line book. What uh, did you have any added pressure knowing that yours was going to be the book that kicked off this new line from DC? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the first 
book, you know, and I mean, I'm sure y'all know that, like, you know, for this first wave on Minx, me and Louise Carey, who co-wrote um, Confessions of a Blabbermouth with her dad, Mike Carey, are the only girls um, on the line so far, you know, I mean, it's a lot of pressure. Um, you know, that said, I mean, I think all the books look fantastic. I've read Regifters, and I really, really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I think that the line is really going to fill a niche that's sort of not there right now. So I think it's awesome. Um, what – because this is, is – is this line – what, I didn't read the, or even closely pay attention to the intro to this. Scotty, Scotty is completely um, unprepared. What I wanted, what, is this line targeted towards a younger female audience? Yes. What is it exactly that you are doing or, or how are you approaching it? That's something that's always confused me when they, when they start to shift, like, uh, target towards different genders, which I'm not opposed to, but how do you go about going, okay, I'm going to write a story that's aimed at younger female readers? Well, conveniently, once upon a time I was a young girl. I, I, don't, I didn't change anything that I did. I just wrote a book, you know? And um, I happen to write books that teenage girls like. I mean, right. it's aimed, you know, I don't specifically write a book aimed towards girls. I just write my books and the characters, you know, it, it just sort of, that's that's the voice I have. That's the right. stories that I tell. So I didn't do anything differently. This Plain Jane's was an idea that I had kicking around in my head for about a year and a half. And I didn't think it was a novel. I thought I wanted it to be something that would continue. I thought maybe it would be like an animated, you know, series. But I didn't even know how to do that. You know, I thought, oh, it could be like a Daria kind of thing. Like these girls all named Jane at the lunch table, you know, who are like every single day like, screw you. Tomorrow I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be with the cool kids. Right. And, you know, but they're all, you know, the theater group or the sports group or whatever. And um, so when... Shelly called me and said, do you have any ideas? That idea sprung to mind because she told me about the line, and I thought that was the idea that I had that would fit best with um, what she was talking about. But, you know, just for me, it's just how I write, you know? Right. No, that's good. Because any, I've been a part of uh, projects, or and, and friends of mine have been part of lines where they are specifically trying to target to an audience, whether it be uh, the manga art, you know, the, ma- right. the manga audience or the theme, the you know, all the different audiences, and it always is odd for me. I would rather you know something organic happen like you. You just had a story, and they fit it into their line instead of saying, oh, "We're going after young girls. How about you write a story about a babysitter?" You know, yeah. <laughs> young girls babysit, don't they? That's a golden right. pitch, by the way. Yeah, Scott. <laughs> uh, copyright Scotty Young, 2007. <laughs> See, so I, I think I think one of the the common themes uh, through all your novels and now now the plane chains is that it seems like the the central character is either an an outcast or someone that is out of place from you know from 
where they're comfortable. And I think that is a feeling that most comic book fans have either gone through or still go through. And there's just a misconception that that is... Still feeling right now. Still feeling at the moment. But I think there's a misconception that is exclusive to 12-year-old boys. So, you know, why not, you know, 12, 13, 14-year-old girls? They, They go through the same stuff, just in maybe a different way. Right. I mean, I actually, because Boyproof was about a girl who loves science fiction and fantasy and loves comic books... I got a lot of um, fan mail from, like, you know, 40-year-old women, you know, who were like, I, I saw, I read about this book, and I, I bought it because that was me when I was, you know, 15, and I wish that there had been a book like that for me, and I think that's the thing, is that girls feel weird, too, you know, and and I, I think, um, you know, that I, I always like the idea. I don't even, like, The Queen of Cool was an exploration of what is cool, because, like, what? there's different degrees of cool, and every single clique thinks that they're cool, you know, they're the cool group, or even if they don't think that they're the cool group, in within their, you know, uncool group, there's the cool, uncool people and the uncool, uncool people. So, you know, what does it even mean, you know? So everybody feels like an outsider. Sure. Do you uh, Do you feel that fans of your novels are going to cross over and and pick up the plain chains? I I think so because I think um I think it's it's easy to go from one to the other and and I hope that they do because I mean you know if there are if there are young ladies who um aren't reading comic books, you know, then maybe this will be a way that they'll start or at least you know maybe they won't start but they'll they won't mind it so much, you know? But they'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever, I'm cool. I could do either or. I think it's... Uh I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to try and phrase it. In a way. <laughs> You're on an interview I'm show. In I'm way. going to ask I'm trying you. Trying to think of a, I'm trying to think of a way that it won't sound uh, uh, bad. But uh, okay. no, uh, because one of the things though is when, for a lot of, you know, a lot of what the vocal comic fan is is your like man in his 20s or 30s. So whenever you see the Minx line sort of mentioned any place where people sort of talk about comic books, they sort of are like, oh, it's for girls, you know, uh, right. you know, no, I'm not going to read that, you know, is, d- as being a comic fan, does that bother you at all, that there's this already this culture of comic fans that seem to already be sort of divided up, that they wouldn't give that a chance? Well, let me think about this. <laughs> here's, here's the thing, I mean, I, I have a lot of guys that I know that um, read comic books that, um, that, you know, when I had sort of like my dummy book, you know, before like they made the advanced reader copy or before the, uh, you know, one came out that I bought in the bookstore the other day, um, you know, they, you know, they read it and they were all like, wow, I really liked this. And, you know, I would have dated, you know, like I've dated or known all of those girls, you know, and um, I think, so I think that in a way, it's too bad if um, some of the comic book gentlemen don't, um, uh, you know, give it a chance, because I think everybody benefits from reading all kinds of different stories and stuff, you know, and perhaps they could be clued in to, you know, some some ladies' thoughts. They, it might not hurt some of them yeah. to get you yeah. know, inside the mind of yeah. a female. But I would say maybe add a fucking cape here and there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Cecil, if you knew me, you'd know that I am—I don't even read comics. So, 
that was, I don't prefer one or the other. I think you're doing a great job. You know, is your book out? <laughs> what's funny is... You'll never know if I am or not, right? <laughs> the, the funny thing was... The reason why I asked that question is when I first heard the Minx line coming out, I was sort of like, oh, it's for oh, it's for young ladies. I was like, and listen, hey, I read Babysitter's Club when I was a kid. Wow. All right? Wow. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I don't want to read it. But then I started reading the descriptions of the books, and I was actually kind of like, oh. Interesting. I wouldn't, yeah. actually, I kind of want to read that. Wow. But, you know. Well, I think just it's minute. so silly when people say, you know, girls or boys, or this is a boy book, or this is a girl book. I mean, like, in young adult literature, and, and in, you know, in my other life, right, in my other world, um, you know, a lot of girls read books, but, you know, they're always talking about how, you know, how can we get more boy books? How can we get more boys reading and get more boy books? All they read is comic books and graphic novels and whatever. Well, you know what? Harry Potter is kind of a boy book. Yeah. Uh, Harry Potter, yeah, Harry Potter is kind of a boy book. You know, but it's also a girl book, you know? And I think that, like, you know, girls read a lot of boy books, and I think that a lot of boys would read a lot of girl books, too. They're people books, you know what I'm saying? Hey, yeah. like, American books. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hate our freedom, Cecil. <laughs> uh, I actually, I, I agree with that. That's why I asked my question earlier about the, you know, specifically trying to target it towards female it's it's always on for me it's like okay this is a short person book this is for tall people books well batman's you know? a tall people yeah but batman this is for people who like math you know read, read batman he did he solves word puzzles this is for word but you know i think it's i think it's very odd and it's good that you you i like the fact that somebody that is a part of a line that is you know by a company being targeted towards a certain demographic is is coming at it from the point of view that you are by saying, I'm just writing books, or it shouldn't be written for so and so. It should just be a good book, you know. Yeah. Good books are good books. That's what I've done. I mean, that's what I tried to do. I tried to write a really good book. And well, I we'll let write... you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's uh, it's one of the things that, and and you may have no idea, but I'll, I'll be interested whenever I go to the bookstore to see where the Plain Janes is shelved. If it's going to be yeah. only in graphic novels, or if it's going to be in what the young adult section, you or should if it's shelve be it in yourself. Both. You should move I should, it. I'll, I will. I'll move it. I'll move it over by your <laughs> yeah. your other novels. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I'm really interested too because I I think that um, bookstores don't really know what to do with graphic novels in general. Do you know what I mean? Let, let alone graphic novels for young adults. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think they're, they're just, there's not a there's not a set rule to where where it should be, you know? So it'll be interesting to see, you know, where it is and how people find it and stuff. They, they can't even keep, like, the graphic novel section clean or, like, in order. Like, have you ever gone into Borders and tried to find something? It's never in order. Except for the manga section, which is, like, Immaculate. almost this sort of totalitarian <laughs> cleanness to it, which is just frightening that everything's all lined up and all this man's like, here's... Here is Monster Leeches well, one through seven hundred. I don't <laughs> perfect I, order. And I'm and I'm not pandering to our sponsor here, but I think that's you I, are. I yeah. am pandering to our sponsor. <laughs> yeah. I'm not pandering. 
<laughs> no, I, I don't necessarily think that that is the bookstore's fault because look at how manga is produced and everything is uniform in size. It's it's everything is coded by volume. Right. And you look at, at a well, lot of graphic novels. Put Justice League and Alphabet. Put all the Justice League. Well, here's together. here's the problem League though, up. right? When you look at like a, a manga, a manga uh, book mm-hmm. in the section, they're actually thicker books. I mean. It's hard to keep something. I mean, look at go home and if you have it, I have a shelf full of trades. They're so thin that it's so well, easy to get. You have to double hey, bag hey. them like I do. <laughs> double bag them. I put them in bulletproof casing with a magical force field. I have field. all my trades uh, CGC'd so that no one can ever open them again. Be sure to stay inside and listen to AroundComics.com, especially during daylight hours. Seriously, it's spring, and the glint off your pasty white comic geek skin could blind someone. <laughs> See, so we're gonna have we're gonna have Stomp the Yard night at my house. If you're in Chicago, you could come watch it. Have you seen Stomp the Yard? I have not. Good lord, that's gonna be my first OGN. It's gonna be about <laughs> stepping. I went stepping with my girlfriend once. Someone's creeping in the window, <laughs> pal. Well, see, so I wanted to talk about uh, a few of your other interests and activities. Um, okay. Can you can you let us know a little bit about iHeart YA? Oh, iHeart YA. Well, you know, because I write young adult novels, um, I thought it'd be kind of um, fun to um, to do a little uh, video blog of uh, of me just hanging out with my YA friends. You know, giving an insight into the writerly life. I thought so oh, that's, that's what that is. I just got really confused. I thought you had videos of you hanging out with young adults. Is that what it is? Ooh, sassy. Why? I was like young adults. I just got totally confused. Right? No. Yeah. No. Sadly, no. no it's young adult authors. Do you think I should add another A, like I heart YA? Yeah, yeah because you you could be you could be stepping into like Nambla yeah. land there. There's people like Tom that's been go in and out of jail for I hearting young adults. I think it gets a little yeah, hot. This video, this video blog's right up my alley. <laughs> Tom's eyes just exploded. I heart YA. It's up my alley because it's all like you know all of us like older writers sitting around in a cafe drinking coffee and. It'd be funny if it was more of a video of you guys sitting around talking about like what young adults would like. If yeah. someone would just, if it was really quiet, then one person's like, "Is soccer still popular?" Yeah, it's like Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Loeb always writing teen shows, right? Yeah. right. All right, C- Cecil, um, Tom has pointed out. I find some very obscure and and frightening uh, fact about our guests. So, uh-huh. um, is it true that you have a Star Wars tattoo? Yes. Aha. <laughs> what is it? Ouch. Oh, good lord. A little, little late to the party, Cecil. A little late to the party with that one. I, I, I got it I got it right before I saw the movie because I lived on the um, sidewalk in a tent for six weeks to wait for Star Wars Episode wow. 1 tickets. Really? Because I liked Star Wars Episode 4 and 5. God, talk about a kick in the crotch. And you, you got the tattoo before seeing the movie. Well, yeah, I was living on the street, and I'd fallen in love with this guy who was making a documentary about the people living on the street. You're taking this in a very um, dark direction. <laughs> and we got we got matching tattoos, you know, Queen Amidala tattoos, because we were be so kick-ass, you know. You know, I should have gotten the Rebel Insignia. That's what I always wanted, yeah. but I, I trusted that George was going to come through with Episode 1, and then, dear Lord... <laughs> 
uh, it was horrible. <laughs> and, I, re- um, I really and, uh, regret my Jar Jar Binks piercing. <laughs> I tell people that sometimes I tell people that it's a um, a fleur de lis, like because they don't know, like no one knows what it is, and they're like. Oh, they know. Oh, you know. Oh, they know. You know what's funny is I, I have I have a tattoo on my left arm that says Keith fucking Richards. Mm-hmm. And when I got the tattoo, um, I talked to the guy. I was like, let's say I want to cover this tattoo up <laughs> someday. <laughs> yeah. I know I have the word fuck tattooed on me. It might be inappropriate at some point in my yeah. life. He's like, if you ever see someone with a panther on their arm, it means you're covering something up. And I was like, what's the most covered up band? And he was like. Queensryche. <laughs> so up in, and Queen, uh, you would be the first Queen Amidala yeah. one to get covered up with a panther. You know, he, he, a panther, yeah. But you'd have to keep a streak of incredibly inappropriate, terrible tattoo ideas. Like, so Queen Amidala gets covered up with, like, what? I don't you have to always get a tattoo of the next big blockbuster yeah, movie the day that's before. Flop. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider- Spider-Man. Spider-Man 3. You can get a Spider-Man 3 tattoo because that's a piece of shit. Yeah, you can start uh, start making plans for your uh, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Star. Oh, yeah. They all switch powers. That's awesome. You can get a Fantastic Four tattoo. Silver Surfer. So what... what? Um, I have to yeah. ask, what was the experience of camping out for six weeks for Star Wars Episode One tickets like? You know, it was it was pretty interesting. Were you camping I out for know. the tickets, or were you living on the street? I was confused by that. So you were in line for fo- how long? Six weeks. Six weeks for tickets. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, this was um, you know, this is the it, Cold it was War. about the, the um, you know, the adventure of it. Well. People were going to be standing online for Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why I became a writer was because when I saw Star Wars for the first time when I was a little girl, and uh, you know, Darth Vader goes spinning off at the end, and I got excited because I thought, oh my God, there's going to be another movie. And it was the first time that I realized that, like, it was someone's job to write that next story, and that's why I wanted to become a storyteller and tell, write books, you know, and movies and things, you know. So, so I found out that people were going to wait online for six weeks, you know, to, you know, because it was, you know, the, the new Star Wars movie, and I was, I was like, ah, screw that, they're losers. And then I started getting really jealous of the idea that they were going to like get tickets maybe before I was. So, um, well, because they were only playing it 24 hours a day, right? <laughs> they were, right? The first Star Wars episode. Yeah. Scotty is really having a hard time wrapping his head around. Yeah, this one, I was all for this interview until this, this, you're blowing my mind in a bad way now, Cecil. The six week bullshit. Did you bring a camper? There's nothing I can do about it. It's done. It already happened. I'm living through it right now in my mind. Scotty, this was a pre-9-11 world. We had time to sit and yes, wait for movies. We had right? the time to sit. I, just, I, I, I went through and, and, and watched a lot of your uh, your iHeart YA podcast or it's a, your video cast at YouTube and just kind of the, the interesting journey that you took to get to L.A. You know, you, you started out in uh, New York and then you've lived in, in Paris and Montreal. Can you kind of walk us through um, how you ended up in L.A.? I used to be in a band. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called Nerdy Girl because I wrote a song about Star Wars <laughs> called Nerdy Girl. I had submitted my cassette to an indie rock label that was here in Los Angeles. I was living in Montreal at the time. And um, 
they were putting out my, they put out a 10 inch and then they were going to put out my first CD and they said, you know, it'd be a lot easier for us if you moved to Los Angeles. Um, and I was kind of over living in Montreal, you know, and, um, there was also a boy that I thought was really cute that lived here. So I came here, but then he didn't like me very much when I got here. So after you moved to, to LA, um, you started writing and what led you to getting your, your first novel? published? Well, it was something that I'd always wanted to do. I always wanted to write young adult novels, actually. Like, um, you know, I was a really big fan of, like, Madeline Langle, you know, A Wrinkle in Time and all that. And that's actually a middle grade novel. But I started writing, um, you know, I sort of was, um, you know, having trouble, like, the, the label that I was on went bankrupt here in L.A. <laughs> and then also my Canadian um, label went bankrupt. So I was feeling kind of depressed about the whole music thing. And um, uh, a tour that I was supposed to go on sort of fell through. And um, so then I just decided that I was going to start getting serious about writing books because it was something that I'd always had the idea to do in the back of my head. So I started writing books, and I wrote three novels that never got sold. But each one of those novels sort of opened up the door a little bit for me, um, you know, because an editor would read it, and they'd be like, wow, this is really not very good, but... <laughs> You know, we think you have some kind of talent in there somewhere, so keep going and send us something next time. And um, so it took me about seven, eight years before I sold my first book. Are you going to watch our? Uh, you're going to watch my my boy Zebby on the on the new television show on the lot. Did you know about this? Yeah, I have heard about on the lot. Actually, a lot of my friends were trying to convince me to um to apply for it, but I didn't. Yeah, well, Zeb's going to be a guy, uh, a contestant on it. So you, what? What? What are you guys talking about? Zeb Wells, right? You know, yeah, yeah. good friend of mine, my writer on New Warriors. Wait, uh -huh. Zeb, wait, Zeb is in that? Zeb is one of the people on it. Uh, it's, are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not. Uh, uh, just for those who don't know, on the lot is an upcoming television show on Fox, uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, film competition. Uh, it's it's one of the contest shows that uh, are you know American Idol type shows, but Steven Spielberg's running it. Uh, it's called On the Lot. It's uh, young filmmakers. The winner gets a movie deal. They get Steven Spielberg is going to make their movie, um, wow. uh, and let them make a movie. Uh, and comic books very own Zeb Wells is. Uh, I was sitting. We were watching TV one night, and all of a sudden a commercial comes on, and there's Zeb, Zeb. and on, <laughs> on, and a whole commercial just focused on Zeb's uh, short film. So. Um, if, if anybody doesn't know, uh, Zeb got his break into comics through making uh, short video films for the Wizard Fan Awards. Uh, Which were brilliant, by the way. Oh, you we're have so to watch funny. them online. Go to Zeb's MySpace page. They, uh, it was the real world, but superheroes. Zeb's, Zeb's like about he, Zeb's about six three. He weighs about one hundred and thirty pounds, and he <laughs> played Thor. He's like super super skinny. Yeah, and he played Blaming Thor. red hair. Yeah, so it's brilliant. You have to watch it. Anyway, oh okay. uh, I just I know that you know Zeb, so he is one of the guys on there. And hopefully, uh, if it's any kind of voting show, I'm gonna oh try God, to rally I'm the totally comic book world. I don't. I'm not. Even, I can't even watch it, and I'm gonna vote for him. Awesome. <laughs> oh my God. Do you love me? <laughs> I do love you, too. Thank you. Now that you are officially a comic book writer, are you going to start doing the comic book convention circuit? Well, I, I, I just did the New York Comic Con, and that was super, super fun. And I'm doing the, um, the Toronto Comic Con. The, the, they have the Women in Comics Symposium. 
So um, being a woman in comics, I'm doing that. And, um, and I'm going to be at San Diego. You're not going to be at Chicago? Um, I don't think I'm going to be in Chicago. That's Wizard World, right? No one, no one's no one, coming to Chicago. Just, this it'll year. just be Everyone us in a hotel us. lobby drinking. <laughs> I live here, and I'm not Chicago fucking going. Home, um, and I was thinking of coming a day early and trying to find a comic book store that might want to host me. Do a little signing in Chicago. Yeah, in August. Yeah, yeah. Come to Dark Tower. We'll set you up. Okay. Okay. Awesome. All right. We'll be in touch. Well, our, our people will get in touch. Okay. With goodbye. Your <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's all they wanted. This whole yeah, interview was right. just to get you in for Sweet. a signing. Let's go. Peace. <laughs> okay. Well, Cecil. Uh, first of all, congratulations on on the two new books coming out and entering the the world of comic books. I hope that we see a lot more from you and uh, and best of success with the the plain chains and the minx line. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Um, I had a really great time talking to you guys. Absolutely. We'd love to to have you on uh, again anytime you want. All right. Tomorrow. Yes, yes. We'll call you at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Yeah, Scott. Scotty's got your number now, so watch out. Excellent. Hey, well, baby. Scotty, if you talk to Zeb before I do, because uh, he has never responded to my invitations to coffee, um, tell him congratulations for me. I will do. All right. Well, see, so you, you have a, a wonderful <laughs> night, and uh, and we'll be in touch before you come into town. Okay. Great. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. 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 We'd like to thank Cecil Castellucci for joining us. Uh, if you if you haven't checked out the Plain Janes, I've seen preview pages. I, I wasn't able to, to to get it yet, but it will be out next week at, uh, at your local Borders and, and finer local comic shops everywhere. It's up, it's uh, $9.99, I think, uh, is the retail on it. So uh, it should be good stuff, and hopefully it turns uh, a lot of people on to the comics media. It sounds I think interesting. That's... It sounds more interesting than I thought the Minx line actually was going to be. I kind of read it. I was like. I wouldn't mind actually reading that or seeing what it's about. Could so. be cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, there are a few different ways that you can interact with the show. One of them is by sending us listener email. You can do that at a variety of email addresses. You can send it to info at aroundcomics.com, or you can email us personally at Tom at Around Comics. I want to say who's um, ever inviting me to give them my bank account so that they're... <laughs> Like husband can get his money out of whatever country. I've gotten more fucking junk mail. That website. We From are around a magnet. No, at the around comics web. Really? I am a fucking magnet for bullshit. At the around <laughs> I don't know what happened. Well, you shouldn't use that email whenever you sign up at the porn sites, Tom. I use it for everything. Because it's a badge. Of, I, I, it's a badge of honor. Do you guys have a mailing list that people can sign up for at around comics? Oh shit! I don't. If you have a mailing list, that's what it, the problem I is. I don't think so. I don't think so. The spam box. I think the thing is, I talk to everyone whenever someone's like, "My husband has five million dollars, but I need your bank account in five thousand dollars." I always respond back and I say, "I'm so sorry <laughs> that this happened to you." I, I think we found the problem, Tom. Oh okay. But you can you can email us personally at either Tom at Around Comics, just don't ask for his bank account information, yeah. uh, Sal at AroundComics.com, or me at Chris at AroundComics. Should we set up one for you, Scotty? Um, fuck no. No, okay. it doesn't. He <laughs> I get people. enough email. And we did, oh, we got oh snap. At we, douchebag at 
gmail.com. Oh, well, I'm about ready to stomp the yard with Tom. <laughs> we got some great emails in the last couple weeks. Uh, Tom, uh, why don't you take the first one? Uh, I'm a guy from Denmark over here in the old world who's just found your podcast. After listening to three or four shows, I went all Scotty Young on ya uh, oh, and oh, started oh. going through all your back issues of the show, so to speak. Apart from being a funny and always entertaining show, I like it because I appreciate your honest opinions. You seem to really be into the story and sequential storytelling skills more than just the flashy art. And you cover a lot of ground in terms of genres and such, which results in great and varied inspiration. I'm sure your show will add a lot of new stuff to my pull list. I sometimes grow a little weary with wizard insights that hype so much that it's sometimes difficult to tell the articles from the commercials, but you guys are more... Are more like the on, honest to good God fanboys I usually pick up inspiration from. Anyways, I just wanted to thank you guys for a great show and want you to know I'll keep listening. Sincerely, Cav. Um, Last name. Bugland. Bugland? Yeah, the uh, the second letter looks like an O, but with something through it. It looks know. like a superhero symbol. Yeah, by the way, it would be interesting to hear your opinion on how the growing success of people like Chris Ware, Daniel Klaus, Jim Woodring and you know the indie crowd also counting the new European stuff like Persepolis by Satrapi and Epileptic by David B has influenced the American comic scene does stuff like that inspire the mainstream titles? no no <laughs> I don't think it has any yeah. I think you see some uh, some limited crossover but uh, I, I think that uh, especially with the advent of, of the internet and Message boards and podcasts. And I, I think there's I think there's more attention that's coming to the indie scene, and and hopefully guys like Chris Ware and Daniel Klaus. Uh, even though I, th- I think Dan Klaus gets more attention from the movies than than the internet, but uh, you know. Uh, Chris Ware, I think, is an odd example because I think he his, his books are much more successful in the book retailers market than mm-hmm. in the local comic shop. So that's well. I just read Persepolis, mm-hmm. and uh, I just sure. wrote a thing about all those. But did you read my post on? Did you read my article I wrote for the website oh, about right. non tape right. yeah, comic books? books I read? And, yeah. yeah, sure, very nice. I loved it. I thought it was. I thought it was one of the funniest. You know, most interesting things I've ever read, you know. Well, I need to borrow it from you. Yeah. Well, right. it's my girlfriend's. Well, 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 Cav, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for listening, and especially all the way over in Denmark. Did you guys notice I've, I've, I'm so big, I've become an adjective. I yes. went Scotty Young on you. Today, someone at a local or Burger a verb. King I, went Scotty Young, right. Young on Burger King and yeah. ordered all of their menu items. Yeah. It'll be, it, it'll be, it'll be a felony at it's one go, point. Yeah, it's going to be a lexic. It's in the lexicon now. You, you are, you, Scotty Young you are guilty of Scotty Younging. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Scotty, uh, we've got uh, we've got another email. All right, greetings. My name is Jeremy Mullins, and I am a professional of sequential art at oh. Savannah College of Art and Design. He's a professor. Do what I say. Professional. professional. He's probably a professional oh. professor. I was but. thinking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a professional. Okay, uh, let me start that over. My name is Jeremy Mullins, and I am a professor of sequential art at Savannah College of uh, College of Art and Design. We'll just call that SCAD for those yes. of you know. SCAD. I, along with many of my students, enjoy your podcast, especially when Scotty Young is on it. Good job, <laughs> good job, guys. Unsolicited show topic suggestion: sequential art in higher education. Maybe discuss the various institutions that offer programs of study in sequential art: SCAD, School of Visual Art in New York, Kubert School, James Stern Center for Cartoon Studies in Vermont, etc. 
what can people who are interested in formal comic book production training expect to get out of the various programs? What different approaches to instruction do the institutions take? How these schools integrate recent technological innovations? Web comic creation, Wacom Cintiq, digital painting, digital portfolio, etc. And what kind of career inroads? And what kind of career inroads? And can they pro- See, provide? See, you're like Ron Burgundy. I am Ron Burgundy. <laughs> uh, thank you for your. That was a huge sentence. It was nine minutes long. Thank you for your time, consideration, and all the hard work you put into every podcast. Professor Jeremy Mullins, Sequential Art Department, Savannah College of Art and Design. And I tell you what, we're not going to discuss this now because... We have a show about this? Because Jeremy and a couple students from SCAD are going to be on the show in mid-June, I believe. We got uh, we got that all set up, so uh, look forward to I would say, an, an episode on uh, on sequential art I would say from, uh, from, from my standpoint, I wish that one of these places would have been affordable for me. Uh, to go to. I mean, I, the Cooper School is the only one I was aware of when I graduated high school about learning how to do comics. Uh, but well, I, art school is so expensive. I actually uh, I applied to SCAD uh, whenever I was a uh, senior in high school. Actually, right. I think a junior in high school. And in 1991, it was bitchin' expensive. Yeah. And I'm sure it's, oh, it's, it's, probably, more, yeah. it's probably doubled or tripled since then. I mean, I wanted to go... I would... I mean, I had the unfortunate... Uh, 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 experience of learning how to do comics by from doing, God from doing yeah by, <laughs> by the touch of God uh, no of learning how to do comics on a comic you know like my first book was a Marvel book so all of a sudden I'm clueless I've never drawn really a page ever before in my life and so I'm like I don't know what I'm doing so I, I mean but it's because they're too ex- these goddamn schools are too expensive <laughs> but I have been to SCAD I visited SCAD it's um, a beautiful, beautiful oh it's a school. great campus and I've known a lot of guys that have come out of there and. I will say uh, I have to be from the guys that I've known that have come out of SCAD. Uh, it really pays off. I mean, these guys are really gained some knowledge up there. Yeah, and not just sequential art. I mean, it is one of the premier design schools in the world. Right, it's a- outstanding school. All right. Well, uh, uh, Jeremy, uh, we'll have you and the, and a couple. Uh, uh, I'm assuming star students. Bring either, that stu- either that are students that have nothing to do on a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that'll be in the upcoming week. So uh, check back at aroundcomics.com for uh, for that date. Uh, next week, uh, Tom, we're doing... Uh, JSA, uh, Comics 101, the history of the JSA. Yeah, welcome I answer to all your questions because I'm a huge, <laughs> I'm a huge nerd. <laughs> yes, you are. But it's going to be a horrible experience. You fit in fine. Yeah. I'll be like, hmm... I'm gonna. Ex- uh, how do I explain this continuity? Here? And I actually know the answer, which is pathetic. <laughs> so you get to see Tom and all of his shameful glory. <laughs> well, in, in addition to uh, sending us listener email, which we absolutely love, you can uh, interact with the show a few other ways. You can take us up on our listener LCS challenge. You should know all about that by now. You can become our virtual friend at comicspace.com/slash/aroundcomics or myspace.com/slash/aroundcomics. You can do my personal favorite, which is leaving us an iTunes music store review. Yeah. Um, special thanks to uh, this week's uh, reviewers, Brian J. Crowley, Josh from iFanboy. Yeah. Thank you so much, Josh. Thanks, it was Josh. very cool of you. And uh, Mike Mayhew left us a yeah. review. So, that was pretty cool. Yeah, which was very cool. It's and, really Mike Mayhew. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Abraham it, it Lincoln is. left it. Left it is. Um, you know, speaking of the Comics 101 JSA. Hold on. Hold on. Uh-huh. You have to say 
You folks are awesome. You, you wrote, folks are awesome. You wrote that on the script. Actually, it, is, it is on the, the, on the show notes. You actually have to remind yourself to tell uh, people how cool they are. Otherwise, I Chris, forget, Scotty. You should see my drinking now. You, you should, yeah. The mental clarity. <laughs> He'll remember now. Now he's like, I don't even have to write it. You guys are awesome. The mental clarity is amazing. Speaking so. of clarity, check out all the great things that AroundComics.com has to offer. It's your source for the best in comic book news, reviews, and opinions. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. Find more great podcasts at comicspodcast.com. Just so everyone is aware, we post the next week's topic on Tuesdays at our forum at aroundcomics.com. I think that's a fucking lie, too. Yeah, we because don't. Every, because I've started, now that yeah, I'm caught yeah. up, I'm like, I'm going to go on the forum and see what the next week's you know thing what? is. I'm and guess what? Liars. Tuesdays belong to Tom. It's going to be yeah. Tom Tuesdays. You know, except this Tuesday, because... It's Stomp the uh, Yard stomp Night the yard at night. Scotty Young's house, baby. <laughs> stomp the Yard Night. All right, Sam folks. Uh, you, you heard all about uh, Cecil Castellucci and her career and a little bit about the Plain Janes, which is a great time to remind you that this episode of Around Comics is sponsored by Borders. And when art attacks strike a small town, only four high school girls could be responsible. Get your copy of The Plain Janes by Cecil Castellucci and Jim Rugg at your local Borders. Borders is your home for the newest graphic novels. Find a store near you at borderstores.com or use the store locator at aroundcomics.com. We are proud to help support the Hero Initiative. Initiative. Hero creates a financial safety net for yesterday's creators. Who may, who may need emergency medical aid, aid. financial support, or DiGiorno pizza. <laughs> Essentials of life. And an avenue, avenue. back in and paying work. It's a chance for all of us to give back. Something. <laughs> to people who give us so much enjoyment. Mint. For more information, visit dot. It's not org, folks. It's dot. I mean, it's dot org. I was going to make a joke, and I fucked it all up. <laughs> or call 310 Yeah! Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, definitely remember about the Hero Initiative Contest we have going right now. Be a hero. Get all sorts of fun and cool stuff. Uh, I'd like to thank Scotty Young for uh, sitting in for Sal this week. It uh, made it an interesting experience. You, gotta produ- you have to edit the show now, too. <laughs> like, God damn it. This was such a good idea a until disc. they just gave me the laptop. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank Cecil Castellucci. Tom, it's good to have you back. We missed you last week, buddy. I, mean, I, well, I didn't miss being here. I know it you did. It was didn't. really nice outside. That's <laughs> <laughs> Saturday. Everyone, have a fantastic uh, rest of your week and weekend. We'll be back again on Monday. Sal will be back, so everyone will be back everyone in the saddle. The next hundred will be as good as the first hundred, except for the first 13 or 14 episodes. <laughs> and the rest. And the rest. In the meantime, in between time, we'll be everywhere in and around comics. Come this on, is the guys. last episode. Oh, are we supposed to go in together? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh you damn. guys suck. Wait, no, in and no. Just keep it going. Just redo it. Just redo it. <laughs>
would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the Contact Us section of our website. Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and do not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next time when the panel will change, but our mission will stay the same. Bringing you the very best news, reviews, and opinions in and around comics. Around Comics is a Pipe Dream production. Copyright 2007. All rights reserved. What am I doing? You're listening. Oh, we're doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know we were redoing it. Scotty. <laughs> All right. You're listening to Around Comics, episode 100. Was, was that good? <laughs>